Welcome to the very first episode of the MOP, the Most Outstanding Podcast. On this show, we will be discussing everything there is to do with Canadian football at all levels. Of course, the professional level, in the CFL, the U sport level, the minor football level, especially in the city of Ottawa, as I have been a part of the minor football community here in Ottawa. My little brother is playing his first year tyke. This season's just getting underway, so it's going to be fun to follow him. But of course, to follow the Red Blacks and to follow everything else that happens in the football world. And uh, I've always wanted to have a platform to discuss it. Now that I am going to school for radio broadcasting, I thought this would be a great time to start a podcast, to uh, get my feet wet in the industry and uh, trying to soak in everything there is to know about talking uh, to people, especially on podcast or live radio form. Of course, the podcast isn't the same thing as live radio as... um, Live radio, you have a time limit podcast. We could go for six hours if you want. Of course, we're not going to do that. But today, let's uh, first off discuss the Ottawa Red Blacks and their season so far. So we're six and three. Not we, but uh, the team. I'm a fan. I'm a Red Blacks fan. So ten might might tend to say that. But the team is six and three going into their second bye week. Of course, the bye this week. Eleven of the CFL season starts today. It's Edmonton and uh, Hamilton and Hamilton tonight. Thursday night football and. Um, the Red Blacks have had a pretty good first half of the year, of course. the uh, There's been some times where the offense hasn't been up to standard for the amount of money they're paying their wideouts. And, of course, Trevor had started at their starting, starting quarterback. But Trevor Harris has been fantastic the last two games. Of course, that Montreal game when Johnny Football was in town. The points weren't got, points weren't getting put on the board, but everything else was just magnificent from Trevor as he had like the second most completions ever in the history of the league. In a single game. And of course last week in Winnipeg. That was a full team effort. Offense, defense, special teams. The whole thing. It's one of the most dominating performances I've ever seen the Red Blacks play in their five year history. So um, yes. uh, Things are looking up. They got Montreal next week on the 31st. Friday Night Football. I'm uh, probably going to be at that game. I've been to every game but one this year. The one against BC. And they did win that game. I was uh, disappointed that they couldn't make it. But. The Red Blacks, yeah, it's going to be, uh, I have a feeling uh, if we beat Montreal there next week, the division pretty should be on lockdown, as I think we'll be four games up by then. So let's hope they can get that done. Not sure if Johnny's going to be in the lineup, though, of course, because he uh, may be still in concussion protocol, or he might be back. But it was really nice to see Johnny play live last week, as I've never, uh, of course, had the opportunity to see him play in person. Got to go down to the Montreal bench for the game, saw him up close. That was very uh it was a very cool experience for somebody that's a fan of Mr. Manziel. And uh, I wish him nothing but the best. But that uh, head coach in Montreal, Ms. Mike Sherman, he, he looks in over his head. And Cavis Reed is definitely not the best general manager in the uh, Canadian Football League. He's had uh, experience with a couple of very bad moves in the way he deals with the salary cap, free agents etc. So you never know with that Alouette's team. The ownership pours a lot of money into it. They have an awesome stadium, but um, let's hope they get uh, back on the right foot. So let's move on to uh, the rest of the league. Of course, Calgary lost to Saskatchewan last week. They're down to 7-1. and one. <laughs> They're only down to 7-1. That's hilarious. But the uh, Stampeders, uh, yeah, they were outmatched by Saskatchewan last week, almost the entire game. Of course, they came back a little bit in the second half. But uh, Zach Caleros and the Saskatchewan defense put the foot down, and uh, Calgary lost for the first time. So I guess for Calgary fans, better they lose in August than they lose the big game at the end of November. So when talking about the rest of the league, the parity is unmatched this year. As uh, 
course, you got Calgary at 7-1, and, and then you got the Red Blacks in Edmonton at 6-3. and three. And then there's the rest of the league. You got Hamilton, Toronto, I think they're 3-5. and five. You got the Bombers that are 5-3, and three, the Rough Riders that are around there as well. And then, of course, BC's down with Toronto and Hamilton. But the parity in the league has been very good this year. Of course, a lot of people complain about the Eastern Division being not as good as the, uh, the Western uh, Division. But, of course, the last two Grey Cup champions have come from the East. So uh, there's really no defense for that as uh, as a fan of the league. But, um, of course, some people are talking about making the league one division, so you just go by where you finish. I don't know. As a Red Blacks fan, I don't think I would in, uh, enjoy that. But we'll see in the future. Of course, we have a very progressive commissioner who is trying to get a 10th team out in Halifax, so that would be uh, amazing to have another team to even the league out, get us up to 10 teams. For the first time ever, which is insane. The league's been around for, well, the Great Cup's 105 years old. So, When it comes to um, the league and news around the league, they uh, today they announced new rules for celebrations as uh, the referees are going to be a lot tamer with the penalty flags. And um, after celebrations, you can use props as long as they're not on your body during play or stuck inside the goalpost, which is... Uh, which is funny. So no Terrell Owens, even though T.O. has been rumored to come up here. There's no pulling the pen out of the sock, signing the football, throwing it into the crowd. But uh, who knows? Like Some guys might know somebody that sits in the front row in the end zone. They might have a pen on them or on them to stage a celebration. That would be pretty epic. And, of course, the league wants to go viral. As, uh, the more clicks they get on ESPN, ESPN posted on their Instagram, Bleacher Report, House Highlights, etc. The more clicks the league gets the better the league feels about it themselves because then the league will be exposed to such a bigger audience than just in Canada and the little bit of the United States that's watching this year, especially because of Johnny football. So, Speaking of which, uh, let's get back to Johnny Manziel. He hasn't practiced all week. Of course, he missed last week's game in Edmonton with the concussion he suffered in the game in Ottawa. He got popped by Jonathan Rose at the goal line. It's Pretty nasty hit. I don't think he. I was at that game, and I. I don't think he should have played the. Uh, I don't think they should have put him back in. He. Well, he looked pretty woozy getting off the field, even just by looking at the scoreboard. But apparently, Montreal staff determined that he was good to go, so they. Um, they let him back into the game. I don't know about that, but. But, as I said, Mike Sherman looks a little in over his head. He can't even figure out how to control a headset and get it untangled from his shirt. So, I think he should. Uh, I think he should uh, stay retired, or I think he was retired, or go back down to the back back down south if anybody would want him down there. Because, like honestly, I think it's whenever I see him coaching the Alouettes on TV, I think that guy has no freaking clue what he's doing. And it's kind of funny as a fan of a rival team, but you know, it's also you kind of feel bad for Montreal because Montreal, I was there a couple weeks ago for uh, Oshiega. And that city, like, they're starving for sports in the summer. They have the soccer team and the Alouettes. And the Alouettes have been a joke for five, six years now since they lost Anthony Calvio to retirement. So, of course, if the Expos ever return, that'll probably change the sports scene there in the summer. But Montreal's a magnificent city, and I'm a big sports fan. So I like, I like to go to different cities to do the trips. We're in Boston for a Jays game this year, we went to Buffalo for a Bills game. And um, <coughs> Montreal is a fantastic place. But for the sports in the summer, I don't know. So let's move on to another storyline when it comes to Canadian football. And that's the U-Sports season getting underway. Of course, 
in my city, in Ottawa, the U Ottawa GGs and the Carlton Ravens battle it out every year in the Panda game at TD Place. I will not be attending either one of those schools. I'm going to Algonquin, but uh, I'm pretty sure I'll be on the supporting the Ravens at the Panda game as I did attend one of their football camps multiple years back and played the high school All-Star game at uh, MNP Park where the Ravens play. As well as my little brother who's just getting into football now. He uh, was at the Ravens camp this year, winter and spring, and he really, really enjoyed it. And, uh, of course, the coach for that camp are players on the roster, so it'll be nice to support them, especially in the Panda Game Center. And of course, I know a lot of people that are going to Carlton and U Ottawa, of course, but I think I'm going to put my allegiance with the Ravens. And um, when it comes to university football in the city, I really wish they made a bigger deal out of it, of course, in some markets, like in Quebec City and Laval and, like, Western and London, like, it's huge. Even Ottawa U or U Ottawa and Carlton, it is, it's it's a pretty big deal, especially since the Ravens came back a couple of years back. But, honestly, like, it's, I don't know how to, uh, what to say. Of course, you're never going to get the same levels they get down south, like, in the U.S., but it'd be nice if there was a bigger focus put on U-Sports football. And, like, it used to be, like, lined up, like, the Vanier Cup was on the Saturday, the Grey Cup. And then the um, Grey Cup was on the Sunday. It still is like that, but they used to be in the same city. So everybody that was in town for the Grey Cup from all over the country, they could go to the Vanier Cup and the Grey Cup. But now that they moved that, the, the Vanier Cup hasn't been getting as good crowds. Like, it's been in Hamilton the past couple of years, and the crowds haven't been very good. Probably because... First of all, probably because, first of all, McMaster hasn't really gotten close, so the people in Hamilton, their level of caring about the game is not as great as it would be in Quebec City or London, for example, but of course they don't have uh, capable stadiums, really, but um, when you're talking about U-Sports football, of course, they just gotta find a way, of course, it'd be nice if TSN had the TV deal, because of course Sportsnet has the TV deal. For U Sports and OUA, of course, but um, they don't seem to put a big enough focus on broadcasting games until the Vanier Cup. Like, the, I know the Panda game gets put on TV because it's a huge deal, but other than that game, it's really not a big draw for television. And I think if TSN had the rights, along with the CFL rights, they could carry like a doubleheader, like a U Sports game at one o'clock in the afternoon, a CFL game at night. That'd be beneficial for U sports as a whole of course for the facilities for the different universities of course Carlton has a beautiful facility now they got a bunch of money for it but I know like some of these places it's not great and um a lot of the teams in U sports haven't been very competitive like Windsor and York haven't been very competitive Waterloo's getting better of course over uh, I think they made the playoffs last year the Warriors so that's good but there needs to be more parity in U sports because you can't have teams blow. Like I remember seeing Western win like eighty to three or something stupid like that. Like you just can't have that in university level football, especially like those teams playing each other every year and seeing the same result every single year. Like it's not good for the brand. It's not good for the fans. It's not good for anybody when it comes to that. So. When it comes to uh, amateur football in the Ottawa area, my little brother's playing for the Cumberland Panthers tight team this year. They have uh, they have so many kids that they actually have two tight teams, which is uh, kind of unbelievable. Is when I play tight, we kind of unbelievable. Is when I play tight, we barely enough for one team. But he's on the gray team. There's a blue team and a gray team. He's on the gray team, and they uh, lost their first game pretty big. 
they were also matched up against a team with much older players that are more experienced players as his team. Most of them, that was their first uh, real football game. He's back at it this week, and they moved him from offensive line to fullback, so he might get a couple of carries at the ball. So I'm really excited to see that as uh, as his bro. So that about ends this segment. Next segment, we are going to be discussing more about the Red Blacks and uh, what they can do to improve and some storylines heading into the back half of the season. So uh, take a quick break, and uh, we'll be back on the MLP. Back to the MOP podcast. Uh, Matt Wilson here again. And uh, when it comes to the Ottawa Red Blocks, of course, fairy tale second season. That was their best record. They were 12 and 6. The second half of that year, I couldn't believe what I was watching. Like, we, Henry Burris just skyrocketed that team. Of course, that was his best year of his career. Statistically, he won the most outstanding player, but they couldn't get it done in the big game. The next year, Trevor Harris comes in the offseason. Everybody knows that's who's going to be Henry's replacement, if not after that year or the year after that, because, of course, Trevor signed a two-year deal. but And, of course, Henry's deal was expiring. Henry gets hurt in the first game of the year. He hits his hand on the guy's uh, helmet on Edmonton. Trevor gets forced into the fire. He's just slinging the ball all over the place, right? They tied Calgary, but they beat Edmonton. They beat Montreal, and then they play Saskatchewan. Trevor gets hurt, and they were screwed. And uh, the next week, Henry came back way too early. Like, he still hadn't thrown a ball in forever, but they had him trying to slim the ball against Sierra Ghost. They went on a downward spiral there, and they lost a couple games. Things weren't looking very good. But they ended up finishing 8-9-1. Still below 500, but they got the home playoff game because each division wasn't very good. That was in the snow. I was there. Freaking crazy game. We beat Edmonton. We go to the Great Cup. And we get that done. That was one of the best nights of my sport watching life. This is the first time a team I've been a fan of has ever won a championship. So that was uh, just reminiscing on that November night. It was the day after my birthday. It was, it was just fantastic. And, uh, of course, the next year, Henry retires. He blew his knee out right before that game. I cannot believe that he played that great cup game with his knee all shot up with cortisone. Like, that was just a gutsy effort by a gutsy quarterback and by one of the legends of the game next year expectations were high maybe not as high as they could have been should have been and trevor harris that was his first year starting and he had a fantastic statistical year but on the defensive side of the ball they just weren't getting it done on a good enough basis and um of course the uh saskatchewan home in the playoffs it was the semifinal. the argos won the division there's a semifinal, and uh, Saskatchewan beat us pretty good that night and or that afternoon. We go to the offense thinking, what do we have to do to get back on a winning pedigree like we were two years before? So they brought in Noel Thorpe from Montreal, who's a fantastic defensive coordinator. He always had good defenses in Montreal. Defense has never been in the problem in Montreal. It's just they were on the field so much because their offense couldn't get first downs, and I don't really want to talk about that much anymore. But they bring him in, and they bring in free agents like Luches Purifoy, uh, AC Leonard, etc. Of course, Purifoy has since been released, which isn't great. Which isn't great for uh, it's the third year in a row that we've lost a key free agent, or not lost, but cut one halfway through the year because of and then there wasn't. And um, 
But when it comes to the Red Blacks, like Kyrie saved better. That was awesome. Of course, he's been on the injured list the past couple of games, which isn't the best. Avery Williams has done a fantastic job replacing him. But having Kyrie in, just in the city and in the locker room and out in the community is fantastic. Of course, he was here during the Renegade era, which wasn't a very good era, but he was a bright spot. He ended up going to the NFL after having a pretty successful career. I think he was with the Bengals. Came back here as with Montreal forever, and um, I think he's going to end his career off in Ottawa, which is amazing. Let's just hope that's uh, not sooner than we think, of course, with the injury. I'm not quite sure we're actually what's wrong with him, but he's been on the injured list the last couple games. So hopefully he's back in uniform uh, doing the Angry Bird dance soon. And um, when it comes to the offense this year, Deontay Spencer was brought back. He had a magnificent year last year. He was returning field, missed field goals, returning punts, catching the ball, freaking blowing past guys. And he had Saskatchewan. That was an awesome game to be at. He burned Duran Carter there. Beautiful four by Trevor. Duran was diving, trying to swipe at his legs. Nothing happened. But since then, Deontay, like he's he's gotten like he's gotten into the offense a little bit more. Same with Greg Allingson, though. Greg Allingson hasn't been involved with the offense as much as you'd think he should be, or has he has been since he came to Ottawa a couple years back. I guess this is his uh, fourth year with the team. So. um... But Greg's an awesome guy. I've met him a couple times. He signed my jersey. He's just he's a fantastic guy at, at quarterback clubs. I actually saw him at Blues Fest a couple years ago. Went up to him. He was nice enough to take a picture and stuff. So When it comes to uh, Trevor Harris, though, a lot of people on Twitter and on Facebook and on the threads and everything do, don't seem to like Trevor Harris and the way he plays quarterback. And I really don't understand the hate. Because Trevor has been... Without Trevor Harris, we would not have won the Grey Cup in 2016. With Brock Jensen and DeMarco and all those guys as backup, we would have had a losing record. Well, he had a losing record, but we would have battled for last place with the Alouettes. Like, Trevor is the reason that we won that game, or we got to that game. And, of course, Henry friggin' beast mode in that game. Anyways, so um, when it comes to everything else with Trevor, he is fantastic between the 20s. He can freaking game manage. He can launch the ball downfield. He always finds the open man. But once you get inside the 20-yard line, punching it in seems to be difficult for Harris. I'm not sure if that's because of the play calling in the red zone or if that's just an inability to read defenses within the 20. But uh, that's something that I know a lot of fans have complained about is the inability to punch the ball into the end zone when it comes to Trevor Harris. But I personally think that Trevor is going to be fantastic as a red blood. He's already been great. And hopefully if we do get to that be fantastic as a red blood. He's already been great. And hopefully if we do get to that big game this year, he can prove all the haters wrong and finally, finally cement his legacy as one of the top end starters in the Canadian Football League. So that about wraps it up for the first episode of the MLP. I will be joined next week by my co-host Nick Meyer, who's out in Halifax. He was unable to make it this week. I wanted to get a little bit of a test run in, and uh, hopefully everybody enjoys this. Uh, please follow the podcast on Twitter at the MOP Podcast. Except not two Ps, MOP Oddcast. Uh, we don't have an Instagram account, but follow my personal Instagram account, MattWilson39. Follow Nick's Instagram account, Maverick Meyer. He'll be on here next week to talk about his background as a CFL fan. And course because he is in Atlantic Canada the hope for a team in the very near future for 
him to support and him to uh, be able to talk. Thank you all so much for watching. Please, if you do listen to this, share it. Give us ratings on iTunes, comments, the whole thing. I hope everybody enjoyed the podcast. And uh, next week we will uh, be back at it and uh, talking about everything there is to do with the CFL. So. And they wish 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 and they wish